Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good afternoon, listeners, and you're tuned into Korea on 3CR Community Radio. And thanks to Encyclopedia for that insightful show on on drug policy. And yeah, I I kind of have thought a bit about the the upcoming restrictions on February 1st on codeine and um, on codeine medication and how that is going to affect a lot of chronically ill people and everyone, and like people that need codeine and it's can be hard to get access to prescriptions um, and it's a part of yeah the state sort of managing populations and the stuff about how a lot of drug policy ends up policing communities of color is also an important point um but before we get started today, I'd just like to acknowledge that we're broadcasting over the lands of the Kulin Nations, the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples, and we're also broadcasting all over the world, streaming live on the internet. Um, but I'd like to pay my respects to Indigenous elders, past, present and future. Colonization is ongoing. Genocide is continuing. Um, as a white settler I'm complicit in this and I'm responsible to to do um, work to change and dismantle the systems of oppression that that affect indigenous people in this land and all over the world um, yeah so I think first I'm gonna go to a track for you I hope you're going Okay, I think it was some light. Oh, and I should note that soon we'll be joined by Mini Race Rage in a studio. I'm not sh- if you're not acquainted, we'll introduce them soon. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be an exciting show. If, um, today we're gonna have Mini, and we're gonna talk about public housing. Um, because the public housing defense network, I went to. Um, an action recently and it highlighted the absurdity of the Andrews government at the moment attacking public housing in terms of demolishing nine housing estates to privatise some of the land and rebuild the housing estates. So in the end, we lose losing public housing land. And that's kind of... I don't... Yeah. What is the logic of this? Um, yeah. So I have for you... Burned by Race Rage. The previous track was Burned by Race Rage, who we'll be seeing soon. Um, So the next thing we're going to look at is the attacks on public housing by the Andrews government. So I was at a protest on Wednesday at Ascot Vale um, against the the demolition of the public housing at that estate. Um... So that's a 2,300 sort of um, residents can be there, but they're sort of running it down. Only 1,700 residents uh, are now there, and they're gr- like step by step, like asking residents to leave, and all the sort of underhanded government pressure is like happening there. Um, yeah, and I think 
I've, I found a quote by urban geographer and planner Kate Shaw from Melbourne University. Um, and she said that, yeah, the sale of public land to fund upgrades is unsustainable. At some point, more works will be required and there will be no public land left to sell. Which really is just logical. Like This is like the agenda. It's privatizing public land. And when we think of public housing, um, it's a 35,000 strong waiting list and so many people need it and, and so many people are just like losing their job or, or like or whatever and needing and need public housing um and we think it and we should think of all the elderly disabled people of color chronically ill trans all these intersections like really working class people that really need public housing and this this sort of agenda is make making everything worse at the same time, we're seeing like the Andrews government sell itself as like a progressive government and it's attacking public housing. Yeah, which will like affect the most marginalized queer people. Um, so first I'm going to play um, an excerpt of a speech of the residents' letter. So at the protest, we marched to a little housing office in the estate. And before that, there was a letter read out of um, the letter was read out that was presented at um, at the office, and like disgracefully, the office like resu- refused to officially officially acknowledge the letter when we got there, which says a lot about what I heard at the protest, which was a lot of people aren't being listened to. There's very little information. It's very sketchy, and the government's telling people, arguably deliberately, about yeah, about very little and keeping people in the dark. So here's the speech um, of the letter. Yeah, now I'll just ask Marceline to read the letter and then um, if someone else wants to say something we'll have, <coughs> depending on, we can have more speakers down there <coughs> but um, we'll go go behind the banner there but I'll talk about that in a minute. You have to hold it or you want me to hold it? Hmm? Dear Minister Foley, we formally lodge this letter as a protest of the sham public housing renewal program across Melbourne. On many critical levels, there are numerous significant problems that impact on individuals, families, communities, and society at large. The highly emotionally charged issue of shelter, safety, and stability is ignored by the policies and process your government has enacted. Tenants are simply not informed and consulted, and neither are issues raised by your program clarified. Clearly evident are the euphemisms used to present a diminishing number of flats for tenants with families as the number of three-bedroom flats are drastically reduced. The sheer dishonesty is clear as families are aware that they will be pushed out. Ascot Vale, which is almost 73 acres and can house 2,300 tenants, is now only supporting 1,700. We recognize the deliberate refusal not to refill vacant flats. This is a complete blow to those 35,000 people or so on the waiting list and the homeless on our streets. The strategy to reduce and completely destroy public housing for vulnerable people on low incomes is despicable. Your government's policy, which heightens fear, anxiety and depression, uh, desperation, sorry, amongst people on low incomes is simply inhumane. We fundamentally object to a program that is based on the privatization of public land. There is no place for developers, private developers and public housing. 
We aim to make this an election issue and reveal the ALP for what it is. It's probably relevant to say that Marceline was brought up on this estate. And it's the stability of the housing for her family, a large family of five children. Um, and all of them were able to advance themselves through education and so on. But what was, it, what was the core of it? Stability of housing. What's public housing for? To stabilise people's lives, to enable them to get on with their life and not to have to scratch and day to day wondering where the hell they're going to be next week. All right, okay. I'll so there you go. That's, that's, that was a letter read out. And I'm going to play now. Um, this is a part of the public defence, housing defence networks protest last Wednesday at Ascot Vale Housing Estate. And you're tuning to Querying the Air on 3CR Community Radio 855am on your AM dial. Streaming live on 3cr.org.au and on digital radio. And next I'm going to play another a speech by another resident. Just give it over to Steve now. He's a tenant off this estate. He's going to say a few words. Hi, my name's Steve. I've been on the estate for about 22 years, right? Uh, we were concerned we only got one letter saying we have to move. Have to. My neighbour is Spanish. She's in her late 70s. I've got a Chinese neighbour. They asked the same question. I said, well, let's find out the answer. We'll go down to Ministry of Housing 12 Churchill Avenue where we're about to go. You know what they said? This is true. We don't know. So, what's the next step? We thought we'd go up to Minister. We thought we'd go up to a local MP in Mini Ponds. We're peaceful. We walked in there. Four of us walked in there. Could we see the minister? No problem. I said, uh, here's a letter we've received from the Minister of Housing in 12 Churchill Avenue. We've been asked to move soon. I got mine and said in January. He said, you know what he said? Don't know anything about it. Shame. No. You know what, before this I was a carer for 14 years, right? I look after the elderly, I was looking after six a day, right? They are concerned, they are scared. They are concerned, who's going to help them move? Where are they going to move? Very strong rumour going around, they're going to move to Denby Park and Holland Court and Racecourse Road. I don't know if you know the estate or not, they're up to 30, 30 high, they've got a dozen security guards. You're going to change old people's lives. Everybody's scared in this world, right? The way things are happening. They haven't told us when we're going to move. We want to know when and where. Two simple questions and they can't answer it. Why? Well, we're about to go up there now and ask some simple questions. When are we going to move? Where are we going to move? Who's going to help the old people move? Who's going to park the cartons? Help them with the luggage and whatever. It's going to be a change of atmosphere for them. I, don't, I really feel for them because, you know, when you get older, your life changes, right? I'm 62 next month, right? I'd like to know who's going to help the old people, but the main thing I want is the answers for the people of these states of Ascot Vale. When are we going to move so we can prepare ourselves? Where are we going to move? How long are we going to be gone for? Do you know? Please, someone tell me. If the Minister can't and the Housing Commission can't, what do we do? Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Steve. You're doing a great job, mate. Okay. Um, Steve came up to the picket yesterday and uh, was willing to make a stand against the drilling for the samples so that they can build their underground car parks um, on stage one up there in Dunlop Avenue. 
yes, so that was another another speech at the protest by the Public Housing Defence Network in Ascot Vale last Wednesday. Um, and he, yeah, so to stay in to get in touch with that network because they might there could be like drilling any time to build like underground car parks to test for that and there might be pickets in the upcoming weeks you can get in touch with the public housing defense network on facebook um yeah so next i'm gonna play for you haters by miss blanks who is having a tour and was in nam melbourne just is just this week and i also saw her and she was like amazing check check her out and i'm iris and i'm joined in the studio now with minnie hey it's been an interesting it's a new year and and you've got new plans this year right yeah um, yeah i've got a got a bunch of stuff coming up for my um, project race rage i'm in the process of recording um the, my first EP at the moment. So I've got um, my first single, Diamonds and Sapphires, that I'm going to be dropping um, to coincide with like a promotion article I've got coming up that I don't think I'm allowed to mention what publication that's with. Um, yeah, and a bunch of bunch of gigs. I played a gig last night at Decolonise Now, um, which was like a fundraiser for war for their seven days of resistance in the lead up to Invasion Day. And yeah, a whole bunch of gigs coming up this year. Hopefully, going to be touring into state once I get my EP together. Yeah, awesome. And yeah, the previous, I'll just back announce the tracks I forgot about back announcing. So, Skinny Bitches by Miss Blanks and AB Original with January 26. And talking about January 26, mm. um, so we have like the seven days of resistance leading up to January 26 at the moment and the Abolish Australia Day campaign. And, yeah, I was thinking about how the mainstream media sort of paints, change the date mostly as, like, the range of acceptable opinion and doesn't talk about mm. the whole, like, stuff about abolishing, abolishing Australia Day. Do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, Australia Day, Invasion Day, Survival Day, whatever you want to call it, is you know, basically promoted as this day of celebrating everything that's great against us about Australia when obviously in reality we're celebrating genocide um, and celebrating the date of invasion. And of course, like moving some kind of national day away from being commemorating such a painful date that's, you know, been known to be a painful date since it started since before it was even even put on that day mm. um like it would be a step towards i guess being able to be seen as being unified as a country but yeah i mean i don't understand how we can we can be celebrating any kind of unification as a country before there's acknowledgement of first nations people um as a sovereign people before there's some kind of treaty i mean yeah it's it is pointless. Um, yeah. It's like celebrating like a complete falsehood. Mm. Yeah, it is. And I, like there was like one article that was published in The Australian that interviewed um, Tanine and Erica from War, from Warriors of Aboriginal Resistance. And I think Tony Birch wrote a thing about how like the, the falsehoods behind change the date. That just is exactly what you're saying. Mm. Mm. 
Um, and speaking on this, like after, at 4pm, which is at the end of this show, um, the Warriors of Aboriginal Resistance have a black GST event at the Melbourne News- Museum. So if you can get down to that, maybe consider going to that. It costs three for Indigenous people and $5 plus for everyone else. Um, yeah, and I heard your track Invasion Day like last night. You just wrote a track on Invasion Day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's um, kind of funny. It was a, a track that I started writing like in the lead up to Invasion Day last year um, when I was trying to, I guess, take part in the seven days of resistance and being really conscious of um, sort of doing direct actions of towards decolonisation and resisting the whole patriotic bullshit in the lead up and yeah I wrote I wrote this um track it didn't like have a beat or anything at that time and I was um trying to collaborate with a friend on it but um I had a gig similarly like a few days before invasion day where I tried to like <laughs> play it for the first time and it completely failed oh, no. um kind of it was a bit hilarious um <laughs> I tried to get my friend to freestyle on it and we were just like so not in sync it was really awkward oh. um people like were getting people to like clap along because we didn't have a beat and yeah it was just like a total debacle so it kind of like spooked me off <laughs> off that track for ages but then I was like nah I'm gonna I'm gonna try and revamp it this year and get something together for the um decolonize now <laughs> gig last night and so I managed to 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 get um get it put together. I did forget the words a little bit when I was performing it, but mm, but no one know. notices that. Only the yeah. performer knows that. Knows that usually. <laughs> I can usually cover my bass pretty well. It's yeah. like reading off the floor, but that's all right. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I might record it. Hopefully, bust it out again in the lead up <laughs> to Invasion Day. Yeah. Cool. Um, so- Earlier in the show, uh, I played a few excerpts from the protest, um, the, 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 the Defend Public Housing protest mm. at Ascot Vale that happened last Wednesday. And I'm wondering, yeah, I know you've been involved in previous, the Bendigo Street campaign, which in 20, so for background in 2016, from I think around March, April, until October-ish, later in the year, there was a number of houses squatted that the government left empty because um, the East-West Link was being built. The government quite forcibly acquired a bunch of houses and then the East-West Link was contested and sort of fell through. At the same time, there's all these empty houses just lying there. Mm, and, yeah. And and one of the, the... I think, like, the first eviction was, like, four women that were evicted by the government at the same time as... They're portraying themselves as being like friendly to women, well, not homeless women. Mm. Um, so yeah, what, what? So I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on public housing and, and yeah, like the privatization of it. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I was I was squatting in one of the the Bendigo Street properties with a bunch of other pretty vulnerable people, um, in my house, kids, people with disabilities, including myself, um, people with, you know, mental health stuff, people um escaping domestic violence. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Um it was it was really shocking like what was going on um with the police and, and the government in terms of they were completely forsaking their duty of care to um, vulnerable people who were needing to squat and were just taking up space in these empty houses. Um, and, yeah, on, on our street, the first mob to get evicted was, of course, the 
um, in the First Nations house Mm -hmm. um, as well as there was like a um, First Nations embassy that was started up and they they kicked everybody out. Um, And, yeah, just the amount of, like, they they left um, eviction notices on our doors saying that they would use, like, that they had the permission to use reasonable force. And I was also part of... um, like, you know, what what level of force is reasonable to yeah. people out of, like, government properties. We um, went to the Supreme Court um, to um, push back and to stand up for squatters' rights, and that was actually really successful. Um, mm. And I know it gave us, like, a lot more negotiation power in terms of housing, and a lot of us managed to get um, public housing properties, including myself, out of those negotiations, which is completely unheard of. Um and I, yeah, but um, yeah, the um, magistrate in the court said like, well, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say because I know I got like my head bitten off a bit when I was talking to media from the barrister, but basically said that. Um, well, the court case is concluded now. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, um, basically gave like spoke to the the um, magistrate. No wait, the magistrate spoke to the lawyers for the government and completely chewed them out and was saying you have a duty of care to these people, like, what the hell? It was completely mm, acting yeah. outside of that. But, um, yeah, I mean, what's happening right now is is despicable, like privatising public housing. We know from, I guess, looking at other countries, looking at places like England and the whole Thatcher years mm. of privatising that, that it just, like, completely um, disempowers people. It breaks up communities um, you know, the the waiting list is already so huge yeah. and completely unfeasible and to get rid of existing public housing stock and um, put it into like a privatised market and sprinkle existing communities around, um, spreading them all out all over the place, like it weakens, um, it weakens bonds, it weakens community. Um, it takes people away from their services, which I know I really rely on. Mm. I mean, I feel really blessed to be in like such an amazing estate as Collingwood where, you know, I, I do rely on the services there. I do rely on the community there and I know that I'd be a lot more vulnerable without that stuff mm. if they, you know, chucked me out into whoop whoop and expected people to like fend for themselves somewhere away from their home base. Yeah, it's just it's shocking and we need to stand up for we need to stand up for people um in public housing and community housing yeah i totally agree yeah there's so much that has to be done to stop this and you can follow the public housing defense network for updates if you want to because there might be pickets to try and stop drilling um i'm thinking we could play a a track maybe black girl magic do you want to talk about yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, this is like just a rough demo recording, recording, recording that um I did with the folks over at Artful Dodgers um, in Collingwood, which is an amazing um, group who have like studios and mentors for young people in art and music. Um, it's a song that I wrote for my little sibling, Amber, shout out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's about white supremacist beauty standards and body image. Um, and it's kind of like a love song to my little sibling with all sort of my knowledge that I've gained over the years about self-love and about pushing back against those really toxic ideas mm. of um, white normative beauty standards and just loving the skin that you're in. Yeah, cool. Let's 
Black Girl Magic by Race Rage, who's in the studio with um, myself, Iris. And you're listening to Quirinia on 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on your AM dial, digital radio, or streaming at 3cr.org.au. Um, we're reaching towards the end of our show, so we're going to wind up pretty soon. Um, mm-hmm. but I thought I'd quickly mention a couple of things. Um, shout out to Jermaine Greer, who's been called the Australian of the Year, the UK Australian of the Year or something. Ugh. And I feel like the protest um, uh, a number of years ago in Otero, New Zealand, where a bunch of people glitter bombed Jermaine Greer, I think like that would be <laughs> nice if that happened again. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, I, I don't think like, tr- I think like being like a controversial hating on trans women feminist has really like helped her career. Hasn't like hindered at all, which says something. Homophobic, um, transphobic yeah. monster. Indeed. Um, and another, th- and how another thing that happened recently was um, the cutie poc queer trans indigenous intersex people of color. Um, that event, the Cocoa Butter Club took over oh, Art Center. How good was amazing. that? Amazing, my lord! It was so powerful and nourishing. I was completely blown away. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, such a good night. I think there'll be future ones. And speaking of midsummer, oh yeah, midsummer stuff. Mm. So I'll quickly promote. <laughs> so quippings, which is a, um, a disability. So the cabaret show is having a midsummer event yes. at the twenty on the twenty seventh of Jan, eight to ten PM at Hairs and Hyenas, sixty three Johnson Street, Fitzroy. Oh my God, it's always so mm, good. Yeah, it's always so good. And another thing I recommend checking out and the listeners going to is Bent Bollywood, which is yes. which we saw at the Cocoa Butter Club, a collaboration between Raina Peterson and Govind. And that's at the Mechanics Institute, um, the corner of Glenloyan and Sydney Road from 25th of January to the 3rd of February. So there's lots of times to go see that one. Make sure you catch it. They're incredible, such amazing dancers. They are. And that's about all we have time for. And I'm, um, and we'll stay tuned for Hip Sister Hop and... Tune into Queering the Air next week, 3 to 4 p.m. on Thanks Sunday. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to have you. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.